right, here we go. It is Park Sportsbooks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Martinez, Sean Shapiro from The Athletic going to join us in just a couple minutes. He wrote a fascinating piece, which we'll talk about. My phone is just like rattling around. Um, and a ton to get into on this episode today. And it's all presented by Park Sportsbook. Download the app. Huge week for sports gambling. Big game on Sunday and in football. And then, obviously, the NHL returns tonight. You can get in on that action. Two games tonight. We'll have Tone on Thursday. Tone's takes. And uh, the NHL back underway, uh, leading down the stretch drive here, the pseudo second half of the season. So make sure you grab the app. You can be on Hoops, College Pro, you name it. It's all there. Futures, player performances, same-game parlays, live in-game betting, the normal puck line or money line, whatever you want. It's all there available for you to wager on with the Park Sportsbook app, which is simple to use and easy to navigate. So grab it, download it on your iPhone or your Android, and open up an account, deposit, and boom. Your first bet is risk-free up to $500. You don't have to put in a promo code or anything like that. Again, just download the app, open it, deposit, open your account, and your first bet risk-free up to $500. So it's a great deal. And make sure you give Parks a follow on the social media channels at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. And there you'll get uh, great content. You'll also get great uh, daily specials, all kinds of stuff. So check it out. And again, it's a huge week to get in on sports gambling. And it's time for you to get in on the, the Park Sportsbook app. They're a local company, which is great. So you can know you know them. You can trust them. They're not a faceless organization. And uh, you'll definitely enjoy it. And it's a big week. And you can combine the hockey with the football, with the college and pro hoops. And you can do all kinds of different things. So uh, if you can think of it, you probably can do it on the Park Sportsbook app. All the props will be there as well, which we'll go through a bunch tomorrow uh, with Harry Mays on another episode of the OGs podcast for Tuesday. But it's hockey day. It is the Stick to Hockey Live uh, podcast. And uh, Sean Shapiro is going to join us in just a minute. And what Sean did was, I thought it was fascinating. He he pulled a bunch of agents, NHL player agents, and he hit these guys, and there's 20 different agents that he pulled. Now, over the past three weeks, it says the Athletic pulled 20 agents who combined to represent a total of 358 NHL player contracts, totaling an estimated $3.1 billion in salary. And by the average annual value, those contracts amount to $734 million, roughly the equivalent of nine NHL teams by, you know, the uh, the salary cap. Um, agents were granted anonymity, uh, responded to the survey to encourage the most honest and open answers. And he gets into such a, a wide swath of different questions and puts together this, this great piece on The Athletic. Um, it says opinions on teams, owners, Gary Bettman, gambling, the ESPN deal, the Olympics, and more. So I, I read this piece. I'm an athletic subscriber, and I'm a big fan of the coverage that they provide on the NHL, whether it's Sean Shapiro, Jesse Granger, Charlie O'Connor. I mean, there's so many guys, Pierre Lebrun, who we've had on before, and all, all, all different guys providing great coverage of the NHL. I love the fact that part of their model, too, was – to cover the NHL and cover it really well. And they've done that. So um, we're going to talk about that article and, and the state of the game because th there's elements in the state of the game. And, and I heard Elliot Friedman use this terminology the other day on 32 Thoughts. It's at the 16-minute mark uh, of not the newest episode, the one from 
I think it was Friday. He said, hockey's better than it shows sometimes, just from a community standpoint. And, you know, sometimes we have these ugly moments. And what he was referring to was the Rocky Wirtz, the town hall that the Chicago Blackhawks had, and Rocky Wirtz really laying into a couple of different reporters. And it was just so out of line, so out of touch. And, you know, sometimes there's elements in, in the game that are that are ugly and need to be reformed. And as Fried referred to it, that was a self-inflicted wound. Like that didn't have to happen. They had to know that question was coming. But let's talk, we're going to talk about the state of the NHL in this episode as well, because um, I love the game. If you guys are watching this, you love the game. To me, it's not just about the Flyers or just about a certain team. It's about the game and everything that goes with it. And yeah, there's things that need to be fixed in hockey culture for sure. There's things that need to be fixed in athletic culture and major sport culture, whether that's at the collegiate level, junior, whatever it is. uh, There are a lot of elements that need to be fixed and things that have happened and probably still happening, unfortunately, that are unacceptable. Uh, But we'll talk about that. And there's a lot to get into with Sean Shapiro. Uh, Flyers will be back in action coming up on Wednesday and per Bob road truck, actually, who uh, is the announcer for the Phantoms. Uh, Bill Meltzer just sent this to me that uh, Ian LaPerriere said he anticipates all three of Cam York, Morgan Frost and Isaac Ratcliffe in the Phantoms lineup tomorrow night. Um, So that doesn't mean if they're playing tomorrow night and they're not at practice tomorrow, that they're not going to be back with the Flyers on Wednesday, but we'll see. And those guys, all three of them, were lended, lent down excuse me, uh, to the Phantoms during the All-Star break and uh, to get some more hockey in, get some high-minute, high-volume playing time in uh, with the Phantoms during the break as well. Now, Drew, obviously, Claude Drew, wins the MVP of the All-Star game. And, you know, some people are, like, shitting on it. And, it, like, if you tweet out that, like, hey, congrats to Claude, and there's people shitting on it, it doesn't, we're not saying that because he won the MVP that fixes anything or that that changes anything for the Flyers. It's just and the and look, all star games are what they are. They're just kind of OK, whatever. It's an all star game. There's not a lot of effort out there, but somebody wins an MVP and he played really well this weekend. But a lot of people like want to shit on you when you you have a, a positive thing to say about him winning the MVP. I just don't get that. You know, my approach when I do this podcast and when I do Flyers Daily and when I talk about the team is I don't want, and somebody had text DM me this. I forget. I wish I could, would have remembered his name, but he said, he said, I appreciate your positivity or your level-headedness amidst a losing streak because I don't want to wake up, listen to your podcast and hate my team. Like who wants to hate their team? You can hate where they are right now, but whatever. All right, let's uh, let's get to Sean Shapiro right now from The Athletic. He doesn't hate the team, and he's a part of a great team. I've told you guys so many times that I am a subscriber of The Athletic. The coverage they provide on the NHL is fantastic, and he joins us right now at Sean Shapiro on Twitter, and he joins the Hockey Live show. Sean, how you doing, man? Good, good. What an, what an opening. Don't hate your team. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I was, like, tweeting out that, you know, congrats to Drew, and people, like, yeah. want to shit on you for it i'm like come on i mean like it doesn't fix the flyers we, we understand that but that's twitter that's social that's the cesspool of social media 
Yeah. I, I just wonder what, whether my one thing, my one observation on all-star game in cars is does Claude have to drive the car from Vegas to Philly or does he get someone to drive? I just want to know how the car ends up getting back. All I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Or is it like at a local dealership now? Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody had tweeted out and I thought it was good. They said that Claude said, just ship the car right to Colorado. I'll meet it there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, I loved your tweet before the game. Uh, the world, like Twitter, would have had a meltdown if Tom Wilson would have been named the MVP. Yeah. And, then, and then he scored thirteen. Then third, twelve, thirteen seconds in, he scores right away. Yeah, like it was. Oh. It was. It was. It was good. <laughs> I, whenever he's trending, I'm like, oh boy, what's he trending for now? You see it like in your Twitter on the side, and you're like, oh no. And then like the one the hit he had a couple weeks ago in that Boston game was like just a clean hit and. But people like to just absolutely demolish that guy because he's he's a polarizing player in today's game. Uh, Sean, let's talk about this piece that you did on The Athletic. Um, I, I was fascinated by it because I love when you guys grant anonymity and, you know, you get real information. And the agent angle of information, I think, is a really important one yeah. because, you know, the agents are part of the business, but they're also in the people business. Because their clients are people. We look at pro athletes and we go, oh, they're Superman and whatever. They'll just go wherever for the money. That's not true. So when you kind of put this together and decided what you wanted to pull them on, what kind of came into yeah. your mind and the way you shaped this? Yeah, and kind of, I actually, I think I led the story with this line. In the past, The Athletic, we've always done player polls. But almost any time you asked a player anything business, CBA, PA related, or even if you asked somebody something in general about the league, it was always they either kind of deferred like I'm an agent for that, or even a lot of those questions where you may have a guy who you can ask him, Oh, how is this team compared to this team? And they've only played in one spot for like it's when you ask players, and so I kind of took that concept of let's take this to the agents. Players have deferred to them on this, and who better to kind of be able to gauge how players are treated and looked at from across the league? It's if you're a player and you played one spot for your entire career or even if you played only two spots, you don't really have a good fair recollection of how everyone treated across the league in different spots. And that's kind of where I looked at from the agent perspective. And so as I kind of went into this exercise, it was, okay, what are some of the things I would want to know? And I would want to know, and this is the first blush of this. We'll try again next year. Maybe the questions will be refined a little bit, but some of the things that let's, let's talk to the agents about what teams have those reputations where you treat, they treat the guys right. What are the, maybe even more so important, what are the places where there's something you want to avoid? And then the other things along the lines of this, because of the Jack Eichel situation that happened earlier in the year. Well, I didn't ask specifically about Jack Eichel, but just kind of the whole, how are players treated by various teams and, and, do, and where, where do you think we are as a league on that? So just kind of those uh, questions. And obviously there was some of the business ones of how do you think the PA has represented the players and, and leadership around the league. And, kind of taking those perspectives from these, these people who have dealing every, most of them, most of the agents spoken to have had at least dealings at least once with all 32 teams. So they maybe not all 32 because Seattle's so new, but have, they have a good taste of what's happening around the league and what all these organizations are about. And it was a fascinating conversation. I got some, some answers that surprised me, some that didn't, it was a little bit all over the board for me, actually, even in kind of compiling this. Yeah, you know, the thing, it like the Eichel situation, and I'll, and I'll look back at the Marc-Andre Fleury situation as well, kind of peeled back the onion a little bit for some people 
in that these guys are people too. You know, Jack Eichel wanted to control what happened to his body. He's yeah. got to live in the body beyond hockey and now and obviously forever. And then you look at a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, who goes out to Vegas, is the face, and they discarded him. They've discarded several guys that they brought in. You know, it's all under the guise of trying to win. But how is that that element for Vegas? Did that, did that get mentioned yeah. at all? Because they're yeah. a team that is really kind of cutthroat already trying to win. And there's guys that went out there, you know, in good faith to kind of spend a, a long time there. And it didn't happen that way. Yeah, it was interesting. Kind of one of the, it was put kind of two ways. One, it's Vegas is one where you're treated great till you're not. It's kind of one of those mm-hmm. where it's one, once you're in, they treat you great. I mean, I was just out there for the all-star game, actually. And you see the facilities and you see what they've done when, when you're in there. It's great. It, everyone's, but if you're making a decent amount of money, if you are making even your market value and all of a sudden there's a shinier, <laughs> shinier, more attractive option, or there's something where maybe slightly lesser talent, but can be a little bit, but can open something else. You're out the door. I mean, one of the things, one of the things about Vegas, when you look at that franchise, one of the popular narratives from the beginning was, oh, they got lucky with the expansion draft. And that's not really the case. Basically, George McFree and Kelly McCrimmon, have, they've more aggressively and cutthroat used the salary cap than any team really in NHL history. You look at the amount of times where they signed all the way to the cap, knowing that Especially last year, there was seven or eight games where they played down a player because yeah. they were willing to get Petrangelo in under the budget. And so, I think one the one agent who kind of put Vegas on is like I don't I would warn my client about it was he used the word they've gone from like the golden misfits to this evil empire where <laughs> you you go from this team of oh this team of opportunity to well if you're in and you're great you're part of it but if you if you if you're not uh, if you're not but if you're making a good amount of money, you could easily be the one out the door when something else comes up. Obviously, Jack Eichel's coming in. That brings in a ton of salary. Someone else is probably going to be another guy out the door. I mean, you look at that original team, like Cody Eakin was a guy who was on that team and was kind of came in and was part of that team that went to the Stanley Cup final. It was making more than his market value. He was gone rather quickly. Marc-Andre Fleury, the trophy winner last year. Now you look at even like over there and – um just looking at like you look at their roster right now, like William Carlson. Remember how how like the William Carlson story when they started and everything like that? Yeah. Just kind of back a little bit more to his career norm a little bit now. And so who knows what's gonna happen with him in the future. So it definitely came up with Vegas where good place to be when the going's good, but uh look what happened to a guy who's a hockey hall of famer and literally won the award for best goalie in the league <laughs> six yeah. months ago. Yeah, it's rent. Don't buy when you go yeah. there. <laughs> you know, rent a house. There's no reason yeah. to buy one because you could be out, and you just don't know when it's coming. You're right about the shiny toy. Like it's Vegas, we get it. It's a yeah. show out there, but geez, I mean, it's been they're in on every big name I mean, from going back to Stone and everybody. I mean, they just in on every guy. It's it's incredible. Like I fully expect them to be in on like Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and they'll offer sheet them. Like what's going on here? But yeah. it's pretty nuts. Um, Let's talk about, you know, one of the things that really caught Flyer fans' eyes in your uh, in your polling was, you know, if money is equal, which team or owner you would steer your clients toward? Now, there's this notion always in Philadelphia. It's an inferior complex city to begin with because of New York and D.C., but that uh, this isn't a destination that players want to come to. No big free agents come here. But if you go back and look, 
yet Tavares didn't come here. He was going to Toronto no matter what. Panarin wanted to play at the Garden. You know, James Van Reem's like, yeah, he came back, and that's probably a bad name to bring up right now. But Hayes <laughs> came here. I mean, there's guys that come here, and players ultimately come for money and the situation. And in your polling, Flyers actually were third-ranked in uh, a destination where agents would steer their clients toward. Were you a little shocked by that? Given how the team yeah. is? Yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I was kind of surprised about that. I mean, I obviously Tampa came in at the top and I kind of expected Tampa to be there. Uh, I expected a combination of recency bias and obviously Jeff Vinnick has this tremendous reputation. He's won back-to-back cups. So I expected Tampa to be at the top, but Philadelphia's inclusion, I wasn't, I've heard when it, when I, when the first agent mentioned it to me, me, but it just started bringing back. I've heard good stories about that, about how the Flyers treat players in the past. And so it wasn't surprising in the fact when I heard it, but I didn't go into this exercise expecting Philly to be one of the one of one of the teams that would be talked about quite a bit in there. But when you stop and you think about it and you hear stories, uh, and you and you talk to and you talk to players around the league, the Flyers do have a reputation for no matter what you want to say about people you're right there is the inferiority complex with philadelphia and everything like that but when players come to philadelphia they're treated well i mean one example that someone brought up to me the other day is there's just one of was just the little things um the, the like nhl players it's kind of it's a silly thing but like cba a player is not promised a jersey like we and we and, and that's not a big deal to the claude Giroux of the world it's not a big deal but if you're a guy who gets called up and you play your first NHL game and you're just going to cook a cup of coffee or whatever. And you don't get to keep that Jersey. That's not something that you're entitled to. That's something you have to buy and everything like that. And, and this one agent brought up to me that the flyers go out of their way. And they, he had a client like this, who was essentially your four a player, right. Who a guy who only played, I think he only, his client only played a dozen games with the Philadelphia or whatever. So not to give away who it is, but said basically they, they gave they they still gave him a jersey. They took care. They made sure his kids got a jersey. Like thing, little things yeah. like that go go a long way. Where players really appreciate that, especially the players. The kids one was big. Just especially seeing how um, as players have families and everything like that. To know that you're going to a place where the wives' room, the kids' room, they're taking care of, they're having a good time, and everything like that. That was a really big thing. And the Flyers checked off a lot of those boxes just for. If you're if you've got a family, if you're an older not even older player, if you've got a family, it's a good place. And that that was something that wasn't surprising going in, but not expected. Wasn't expected as I went into this. And it was kind of kind of became a trend where even some of the people who didn't mention Philadelphia, I still had some other conversations with people because I basically how I did this poll was I asked agents, hey, who would you how would you do this? And then had some other expanded conversations. And even some of the people who didn't list Philly still had positive things to say about how the Flyers run their operation with when it comes to treating their players. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing because like, it's first of all, you know, for some guy that's just coming into the league in his first game or whatever, it's really hard to get a kid sized Jersey of some guy making his NHL debut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's not one of those things. It's readily available at the uh, Dick's sporting goods. Number mm-hmm. one. And that is a big thing, you know, happy wife, happy life. Cause when you're, you're living this lifestyle of, you know, kind of uh, nomad all over North America. Right. You want to know that when you go there, your family, your wife, your kids are assimilated and, you know, they're having a good experience because if not, it can affect you as a player. Um, you know, when you look at it too, 
was there anything brought up about because one of the notions too sometimes mm-hmm. is that the fans are really tough on the east coast whether it's here boston uh new york you know you look that that northeast corridor where the fan base is and philly's obviously got a reputation for it that's yeah. well founded but that the fan base is extremely demanding it, did that ever come into the fray at all with the agents um it didn't come up as an issue with Philly. I mean, the one, the more of the microscope, media microscope came up with Toronto. There's some guys who talked about if you when you're when you're playing in Toronto, there's you're treated really well, but there is that incredible microscope. Um, when it came to Philly, there wasn't as much of the media microscope part of it. There was there a lot of there was some discussion just from the fandom perspective of there are some places where in the NHL where even if you win, even if you win, you're going to be an also ran in that city where someone brought it up as a positive, where Philly was one of those places where if you win there and if you, if you were on a team that won a Stanley cup there, you're going to be remembered forever. That's something that's not going to be, that's not going to be taken lightly. And that was kind of a, that was kind of a thing. People, players like playing in a market where people care what happens yeah. the next day. Yes. When you're not doing well, it starts to get, overbearing but at the same it can be overbearing but at the end of the day there's most players want to play in a spot where when you win and when the team's doing well people actually care what happens and that, that goes that, that goes a long way and I, I actually think it's more of a positive because while Philly can't does get a bit of a reputation it's not nearly the microscope that a Leafs player has just and maybe that's because there's more of the split of you're splitting Philadelphia fans are, t- are probably split, splitting their passion between four major sports teams or in Toronto, it's all it's one team or and maybe it's the Canadian market or whatever. But either way, I think it kind of ends up being more of a positive than a negative, even though it can come with, I mean, it's not like I, I lived in Dallas for a little bit. Let me give you an example. I lived in, I, I lived in Dallas for four years. I covered the stars before I moved into my typical role. There's not a show like this about the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars aren't on sports talk radio. The Dallas Stars go on a 10-game winning streak. No one's talking about it. It's still the Dallas Cowboys. That doesn't happen in Philadelphia. That's a nice thing as a player to to know that we're going to have success. People are going to listen. People are going to care. And, yes, you're going to take people having opinions about about your game, but it's good to have when people, people care enough to give opinions about your game. Yeah, you know what's – let me ask you about the tax situation. Yeah. Because I've talked about this a lot. Yeah. You know, the team that's the top on your list is Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Florida's on your list pretty high. Dallas is another team that you just mentioned. Yeah. And you look at, you know, Vegas. There's no income tax. Yeah. Teams can pay players less, and they can still bring home same or more than some other cities, and especially when you look at the Canadian market. It, how much does that play into it where, you know, you have some of these cities, you know, you good lifestyle and in Tampa, you live on the lagoon, you got the jet ski, good team, good facilities, no tax, or you go up and, hey, let's go play in Alberta or let's go yeah. play in Ottawa. That's got to be a huge disadvantage. I've, I've kind of made the case, Sean, that yeah. that's part of the reason why a Canadian team hasn't won the Cup since 93. It's 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 not a it's definitely a fair estimate. It's not estimate, a fair observation. And there's always going to be, even before – what the events of the past 18 months where you still have Canadian teams playing with no fans in front, you always had detractors from players from going to Canada between the tax situation, between a little bit more of the, the, the media microscope there between kind of 
how, how things have a couple other things that here and there. And you look at obviously Tampa, one of the reasons they've been able to build the team they have is Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov. They're able to get contracts at market value take home wise in Tampa at lower than that AAV would be uh, in another, in, in a, in a place with more tra- with, with actual state income tax. Um, I think where it's, it's kind of, and it's, it's a reason we should actually give a team like the LA Kings more credit. The Kings play in California where the tax situation is, in, is, is incredible, is, is incredibly taxing. <laughs> and yeah. and, they, and they've won two cups within the past decade. So the Kings deserve a ton of credit for what they've done, done in that regard. It, it definitely plays into effect. Um, I think at the, at the end of the day, players essentially are going to go somewhere. The first two things are always going to be money slash term and do I have the chance to win? Those are always going to be the first two. But as those things start to get equal and with the taxes, the money is the, is the direct impact of that. It's going to be, well, I could go, I could play in LA for, let's just use $10 million as a, as a round number. I could play in LA for $10 million and I can play, or I could play in Tampa for $8 million and make essentially the same amount and I can play on a better team. It definitely comes into play. And it's something where I think people try to downplay it sometimes as like, Oh, they don't, it doesn't, it players do care about it. And agents particularly are, even if you are good at finding ways to maximize your money, you want the biggest pot possible to start. And it's, it's, it goes into, it goes into play. And, I think you see that's why you always see those those teams when you see like a big name free agent, right? Like, why did John? Why did John Tavares was always going to Toronto, but he he decided I'm going to take the call with Dallas. I'm going to take the call with these tax free yeah. just to see what they put on the table. Mm-hmm. Like even that, it it always gets you a seat. If you have no income tax, basically what it does is it gets you at a seat at the table for every big name, whether they're seriously considering you or not. But it still at least gets you the seat and gets you that chance. Yeah, and that's like, and that's intel that you can gain yeah. as well on those situations and market value and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the polarizing subjects in the NHL, Sean, is always the commissioner Gary Bettman. And I, this, you know, the, your polling on this one I thought was fascinating mm-hmm. because of the twenty agents, seven said he's done a poor job, seven said he's done a good job, and six said. He did a fair job. We need like a shootout here because we are yeah. at dead heat yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but but what was kind of like the, the the chatter around Gary? What do they think he does poor? What do they think yeah. he does well? And it, it's kind of well, no one likes him. That's that's the what it, it kind of it was more of whether whether you like him. It wasn't a question of whether you like Gary Bettman or not. Is how you rate his job. And so even got many guys do not like the commissioner. And really, kind of what it came down to is. The agents that looked at Gary Bettman has done a good job, took a look. Those were the ones that were thinking more about Gary Bettman's job description. Gary Bettman's job description is to represent the owners and do what's best for the owners. And when you look at the system that's in place with the salary cap, with the escrow, where the players are protect, where the owners are protected to get 50% of hockey related revenue every year. It's the players who have things taken out of their paycheck to make the owners whole, not the other way around. Um, When you look at that description, Gary has won. If you're looking at the NHL versus NHLPA, Gary has won that battle with Donald Fair year in and year out. When you talk to the agents that look at Gary, did a good job. It's and so he's done a good job for his constituency. The on the on the flip side, when you talk about okay, has what has Gary done? 
on a poor perspective, it becomes, okay, has he done enough to grow the game? Has he done enough to grow the sport overall? And that's where there's, there's a lot of agents think that, that it's lacking where more could have been done. More could be done to grow the game. There could be there the way, um, one thing in particular that came up is how he handles crisis is, is a negative the Chicago Blackhawks situation is, was, is obviously on the forefront. And this was even before uh, this poll. I want to just because anyone, this poll came out on Thursday morning, Wednesday, the Wednesday night before was the whole Rocky Wirtz. Yeah, <laughs> all, all of this was done before all the Rocky Wirtz stuff came even further into light, but even how Gary handled the Rocky Wirtz thing, it was a, well, I'm going to protect the owner and, and kind of, massage it down a little bit which he did and so it's gary does a great job versus constituency we have to remember at the end of the day even though he's the one that gets booed when he Stanley cup and everything like that his job is he's the messenger he works for the 32 owners effectively and he doesn't he doesn't work for the players that's not his job description obviously they're part of the nhl and he's the commissioner of the league but he works for the the owners and when you look at it by that description gary's done done a good job by protecting that constituency has he done the best job growing the game probably not there's definitely more that could be done and it's and and overall i think gary also there's a couple that were in that kind of average fair that that were we kind of had the call of like let's talk again let's talk next year and when we don't have the freshness of the league coming out of a pandemic and getting two stanley cups award in the past two years because there's some people who were probably would have rated Gary a little bit lower, but had to kind of give a little more credit for the league being able to uh, actually get two Stanley Cups awarded within the past two years. Internet is just being an asshole today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last thing for you, Sean, because, you know, when we're talking about Gary, you talk about the TV deals and, you know, one of the step backs, you know, when you look and Gary's tenure was OLN outdoor life network coming out of that lost season the nhl has has had so much work to do to get back they signed the new deal after nbc with espn and turner um you have espn plus and whether people want to admit it or not streaming all right as i was saying you actually you cut out mid you cut out mid streaming which was actually kind of perfect yeah (laughs) streaming is the present not at my house apparently and dude i'm on an ethernet cable like what is going on today it's just being (laughs) It's driving me bananas. But, um, you know, the funny part is, you know, that's the future. That's a lot of people are going to be streaming games and, the, and ESPN's kind of pushing in that direction as well. And it's one of the reasons why the NHL went that way. But, you know, all of your agents agreed on this, that the NHL has not done enough to grow revenue. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the things that I've been charged with working for the Flyers is to expose that side of the players that's not – get pucks deep, work hard, cycle, and all that hockey speak. Um, you know, and because hockey players are good dudes and they're funny, but yeah. we don't see that nearly enough. Yeah, it, it's the whole thing of like the logic of, I was talking to, uh, I was actually talking to Ray Ferraro about this at the All-Star Game this past weekend, where there's this whole narrative of hockey players have no personality. Hockey players have no personality, they're robots. And yes, there are, some players that have no personality there's athletes in other sports that have no personality but that kind of blanket statement is more so a fourth wall that's never been ripped down and in other sports it just got ripped down and and within within the hockey world it's always by a combination of kind of ethos of team first and how it's been presented media wise we never really 
it's never been normal until more so now to show players personality that way. And I think that is something where we're finally, we're finally starting to get to that point. We still have a long way to go, but like, just for example, can you imagine, so we have the breakaway competition this past weekend, like, and even there was the whole John Tortorella ripping Trevor Zegras for doing the, for, for the Michigan assist earlier in the season. Like if you, league was having that type of year and was causing that type of buzz 10 years ago the league doesn't 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 invite him to the all-star game for the skills competition they don't they don't go and do that and so we're starting to take baby steps right we're starting to get mm-hmm. there we're starting to see and it, i think it's it just kind of takes it's going slower than i would like because we see these personalities i think it's it, it's going to kind of it's kind of you got to get the ball rolling right these players have personality and there's a lot of times i know this from when i covered the team and i see this you see the personality around players, but a lot of times it's camera comes on and sometimes that glaze goes on and they turn into the robot because that's what they've been kind of taught to do. So I think as we get, as we move forward, as we see, I don't know if this generation of players will ever, will ever get completely out of kind of the hockey player is boring. I think we're going to be fighting that for a while, but as you see when young kids see Trevor Zegras and Hughes having fun and, and, and kind of their personalities. And, and you see that. And I think that's going to the next generation as we move forward, will hopefully we'll finally be in that spot where uh, we won't be having to have that discussion of, Oh, do they have any person? Yes. They all have personality. It's just, it hasn't been shown. And I do think the two TV, two new TV partners are better for that. They're not, I'm not giving them yeah. full credit. I'm not giving them full credit. I'm giving more of the credit to the younger generation of players and who are kind of used to being on camera. I mean, we, we have now, if you're 20 years old now, you've grown up in a spot where your entire life has been filmed in some capacity by yeah. on cell phone like cameras. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but I, I do think the TV deal has helped because I think the ESPN and Turner in particular have both focused way more on you go to the intermission show and it's not, it's not, well, here's the highlight of how this rim around happened and this, and, and they, and, and they got the puck back to the point. So much of the NBC broadcast was X's and O's X's and O's. And it was never really anything about the personality. It was never even anything about the personality of the hosts. Like I think the perfect example is look who's at the, uh, who's, who's the host for Turner. It's Liam McHugh. Liam McHugh was the host for NBC. Same exact person at NBC essentially was told, okay, we're going to stick to hockey X's and O's. And now at Turner, okay, we're going to open up some personalities and he's entertaining. Like, I think there's so many little things like that as they're coming into the sport. Hopefully it turns into this snowball where it's normal. And and then the players start to see it where at the all-star games, as we start to get forward, when we can go forward into all-star games, it won't be, it won't be like, oh, well, we have to put on a mask when we get to the a, a mask of no personality when we get to the microphone. We can actually be ourselves. And I, I think things like that are just going to keep moving forward in the right way. And I, I, I'm hopeful about that. And TV deals are going to help. Getting on getting on networks that want to have a little more fun are going to help. So. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, one of the things that people always say is, uh, why even talk to athletes? They don't say anything. And then when they say something, they give him shit for saying something like with Kucherov yeah. last year in the cup, right? That press oh, yeah. conference is just absolute gold. That the was, dude is being great. normal. Yeah. And I think that was opened up for the Russian players. And you saw what Kiprasov did this weekend, yeah. Yeah. but when Ovechkin reacted the way he did to the cup and doing snow angels in a water fountain, you know, I, I think that like everybody's going, okay, it's okay to have fun and coming out of this pandemic. I hope they all decide to just like, you know what? Screw it. I may catch some shit for some stuff I say, or I do, 
But damn it, let's have some fun. Because I've been in a locker room a lot growing up playing and then covering, you know, teams for so long. The guys are funny. There, there yeah. is no player that was a bigger dichotomy of on microphone or camera and off than Jeff Carter. Okay. Because yeah, I yeah. covered carts in the beginning of his career yeah. and he would break my balls and was great. And we talk about NASCAR and car, everything, right? As soon as I had the microphone in front of him, it was like I was talking to a guy. That, yeah. Like, like one word answers. I just don't think he wanted to do it. So yeah. he said, I'll suck when I'm on the air. That way you won't ask. Me. <laughs> but when we're <laughs> off the air, you're a cool dude. We'll break balls. Right. And even, even I think it even opens up. Hopefully it opens up the the future for players that aren't North American to open up a little more too. Cause there, there's guys who there's guys who, when they get into, if you are not around the team or you're not in the locker room, you may think someone who's Finnish or Russian doesn't speak English and they actually do. That's a yeah. secret secret. They all actually, especially in Finland. That's my, one of my favorite things is I went to Finland two years ago and everyone speaks English. It's what's well, a very poorly kept secret, but the players come over here and they pretend they don't speak English and everything. And, but I, I hope as it becomes more and more acceptable to be yourself, to be funny, it's okay to, to, to bust each other publicly like you do when no one's around, when, when, when it's, when it's not just the confined group, I, I hope it just continues to kind of grow and, and push that because yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some good personalities and there, there's so many stories I think that we're missing out on still in the hockey world that would be really fun to tell that hopefully we may not be able to tell them now because it become it, it's got to get to the level where the players are comfortable and realize I can tell, I can talk about myself. I can talk about, or even just like the whole, like there's always the debate now is like, Oh, how should players dress before games? Like, whether you wear a suit or you wear or you a suit or a designer sweatshirt, it's not going to impact how hard you work on the penalty kill. Then, nope. Like, yeah, <laughs> and totally so agree. once that kind of gets once once that kind of gets broken down, I think we'll be moving to a much better spot. Yeah, totally agree. Um, one thing we can all agree on is the coverage at the Athletic on the NHL is top notch. It's why I subscribe. I have subscribed for years. I people think I work for the Athletic. I don't, but <laughs> I subscribe and I read it and I appreciate you doing. Versus I'm giving you compliments. My internet goes out. Okay. <laughs> uh, but keep up the great work, man. Thanks so much for doing this, Sean. I'd love to get you on again sometime. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Awesome. There's uh, Sean Shapiro from The Athletic. Uh, great job. And we appreciate him joining us on Park Sports Book Presents Stick to Hockey Live. And um, just great covers that they provide on everything NHL. They do such a good job. And they cover it from all angles, whether you're into analytics or you're into you know guys like pierre lebrun breaking news sean and the business side just awesome stuff so again subscribe to the athletic you will not be uh you will not be disappointed let me tell you about parks one more time parks we're to a huge week for sports gambling it is the big game coming up on sunday it is the return of uh, hockey tonight hoops college and pro it's all there for you so make sure you check it out and download the app on either your android or your ios phone and open up an account. No promo required. New customers, you're going to get a $500 risk-free bet. 500 bucks just for signing up. And again, no code, to, no goofy code to put in and do any and jump through any of those hoops. You can bet props, spreads, parlays, same game parlays, live in-game betting, player performances, money lines, you name it, puck lines. It's all there for you. 
um, and you're going to enjoy it. First to score, you know, points in the game, power play, uh, rushing yards, passing yards, everything in every sport you can get in on. And you'll have a ton of props this week as well. So make sure you download the app Park Sportsbook uh, on your Android or Apple iPhone and open up an account and get that $500 risk-free bet. Make sure you follow Parks on all the social channels. Great stuff. At Park Sportsbook on Twitter. You can follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. And there you'll get daily specials. You'll get great content. Natalie and Sam and uh, Rich Gannon with Super Bowl week and Eddie Alvarez. All great stuff that you're going to find uh, that we're putting out. And so much good stuff to, uh, for you to check out. So, again, make sure you follow at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. And it's all there for you at your disposal. And you'll really enjoy the content and uh, all the other accoutrement that come with it. All right, so that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Stick to Hockey Live. We'll be back Thursday with another episode. It'll be the day after the Flyers return against the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday night. And the league will be back underway full bore at that point. Two games tonight. And, uh, of course, the big game this weekend. And coming up tomorrow, we've got another episode of Aji's uh, podcast with myself and Harry Mays. That'll be at one fifteen, I think, tomorrow we're doing it. So uh, look for that tomorrow on, again, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. It's going to be there as well. So, everybody, have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you Thursday on a brand-new Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Thanks for watching. Stay with you.